Oh, okay. I have a picture that I want to put up tonight. Actually, let's pray first. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just pray that you just have your way tonight. Have your way tonight, God. We know that you're here. We don't have to ask you to come. You're already here. And so we just thank you, Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, that you're here and you love your people. You love your people. You desire to move in the lives of your people. And we just thank you, God. You love us more than we could possibly imagine. Your goodness is so much bigger than we could ever imagine. You want to heal more than we want to be healed, more than we want to see it. God, you want to do it tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, I have a picture that I want to put up tonight. We got that picture ready? Go ahead. Do we have it? There we go. Boom. There he is. How many people would agree Christopher Reeve is the best Superman? Come on now. He got four movies. He's the best Superman. There's no argument. No, hands down. Hands down. No argument. He is the best Superman. And Superman is very powerful. We know that, right? He can leap over, what's the old saying? Leap over buildings in a single bound. He can fly. He's got like the laser eyes. What else can he do? He's got the super, super faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> he can, uh, he's got the super strength. So he is uh, very powerful. They had to invent kryptonite just so it wasn't impossible to beat him. They're like, he's too strong. We have to give him a weakness. So they had to invent kryptonite. But there's something here, and this just occurred to me this morning. I feel like it's the Lord. There's something here that everyone can do that Superman doesn't do. Every single person in this room, if you have Jesus Christ, and if you don't have Jesus Christ, you can get him tonight before you leave. But everybody here, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you can do something that Superman can't do and he doesn't do. Everyone here can heal the sick. Everyone here can work miracles. How many know the ability to see sickness and to lay your hands and to see sickness flee is a greater superpower than anything Superman has? And every single person here can do it. Every single person here has the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And so that means if you have sickness in your body, the Holy Spirit is just inches away from your sickness. Romans 8, 11, the same Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and is available to quicken your body. It's right there. You have access to Holy Spirit. So in this conference, we are going to pray for everybody who is sick, but we're not just going to stop there. We want to teach you how to walk and live a supernatural life of healing and health. You can expect to live a life of healing and health in Christ Jesus. Amen? You can heal the sick. The Bible told us to heal the sick. Matthew 10, 8 says, heal the sick. Look at your neighbor and say, heal the sick. Heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. All these things you can do. The Bible told us to heal the sick. Now, some people say, only God can heal the sick. And I would say, I know. But he said, you heal the sick. 
He said, we can heal the sick. He said, you heal the sick. So you can heal the sick. And we understand that he's the healer. But there's an unhealthy place where we can beg God to do something that he's told us to do. Or like, God, please heal them. Please heal them. Please heal them. What did he say? Heal the sick. So we're not to beg God to heal somebody, but to actually lay our hands on people and command healing to take place. This is what we see in the Bible. This is how Jesus operated. So many times, Jesus didn't pray for someone, but he commanded healing into them. He just commanded that they would be healed. So God told us, heal the sick. I understand he's the healer, but we have to have this place where we would know that we are co-laboring with him. We are partnering with him, and he says, you heal the sick. Amen? So it's okay to understand and acknowledge that he gave us power to heal the sick in Jesus' name. Matthew 16, 17, and 18 says this. These signs will follow those who believe. How many believe? Okay, this is for you. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Don't beg God to heal someone. Lay hands on them and command them to be healed. If someone has something wrong with their arm, don't, don't grab their arm and say, Oh, God, please, please, please heal this arm. Grab their arm and say, I command the healing power of Jesus Christ to flow through this arm right now. Arm, be healed. There's something happens when we speak. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. We have the ability to speak life. Speak life over body parts. Speak life over yourself. So many Christians speak death over themselves. And it's so easy to do. I've, <laughs> I've prayed for people I know. Probably people here have experienced this too. I've prayed for people for healing. Maybe it was an internal thing where they couldn't check immediately. And I just command healing. And then the second I'm done praying, there's like, well, yeah, well, yeah, I just got this sickness. And I just got it. I'm like, I just, I just said you don't have. I just said it's to go in Jesus' name. <laughs> I want you to actually partner with me and agree that that thing just left you in Jesus' name. But what did, the, what did they say? With the mouth, they're confessing death immediately. Well, I got, I got this. I... And they're saying the thing that the, we just commanded to go. So that's a, a key right there. If you're prayed for, watch how you speak over what, what uh, is happening in you. When we're just praying over you, actually just come into agreement with what God says. We're just agreeing that you're healed and partner your words with the prayer that was just prayed over you. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Remember Peter and John at the gate beautiful? This is in Acts chapter 3. There's a beggar who's been at the gate. He sits there every day, been there for years, and he begs for money. And Peter and John come up to him, and it's in Acts 3.6. They say, it's silver and gold. He wants money. And they said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Notice they didn't even pray. They didn't pray. They commanded it healing. 
They didn't stop, say, oh, God, please heal him. Oh, God, oh, Lord, please, please, look at him. Look at him, God. Please heal him. Please, Lord, we just take so much pity on him. Have pity on him, Lord. Heal him. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. No, they just grabbed him and said, rise up and walk. They commanded healing into his body. Don't beg God to do something that he's already done. He has already healed. He already decided to heal when he sent Jesus to the earth and he went to the cross. He already took every sickness in his body on the cross. So you can speak to body parts and command them to be healed. Speak to sickness and command it to go. I remember this was in 2015. My wife and I went to a conference at Bethel. And we were coming back from the conference, flying back to Phoenix. We sat next to this lady, and she had a shoulder issue. And the reason we knew is because um, my wife saw her try to lift her hand to touch the, the light. And she went, ah. And then she, she looked at my wife, and she goes, could you, I'm so sorry, could you please turn on the light? And so my wife turned on the light, and then the whole story is she was kind of, before that happened, she was a little snarky with us. She was a little, like, snippety. <laughs> And we're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then she, we saw her wince in pain, and my wife asked her, like, oh, what's going on? And she said, well, I just had shoulder surgery. And she goes, I can't move my hand past here without a lot of pain. And then my wife said, you know, my husband and I pray for people. It might sound strange, and, but we see people get healed. Would you like us to pray for you? And she goes, oh, sure. You can, you can pray for me. By the way, you can ask people if you can pray for them. Most people will say yes. And she's like, oh, sure, you can pray for me. So this was close. I think when we asked if we could pray for her, it was close to when, when we were getting ready to get off the plane. And we get off the plane, and we're, we're expecting, like, oh, we're going we're gonna to see her kind of in the terminal. We're going to pray for her. Well, she, like, bolts out of, the, out of there, and we couldn't find her. And we were disappointed. We were like, oh, man, we really wanted to pray for that lady. So we're like, oh, well, well, Lord, get her, Lord, touch her, Lord. And then we uh, end up. My wife uh, had to use the restroom, and we end up seeing her. She comes out of the restroom as, as we're about to pass the restrooms. And we're like, oh, hey, did you want us to pray for you? And she's like, oh, okay, sure, go ahead. And so we, I think we both just laid our hands, and we just commanded the shoulder. Real simple prayer. Shoulder, be healed right now in Jesus' name. That was about the extent of it. And she felt nothing. She expected nothing to happen. <laughs> And she goes, oh, yeah, well, thank you for doing that, because I just can't lift my hand above, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And the fear of the Lord hit her, and she goes, pray, she blurted it out, like shouted. She goes, pray for my mom, she has cancer. She knew that God just showed up. She had the fear of the Lord just came over her. She's like, pray for my mom. So women are praying for her mom. Lord, we just release healing over, over her mom right now in Jesus' name. So we command body parts, and I'll never forget, as this woman, she was just in tears after the Lord had just touched her shoulder, and I'll never forget, we saw her walking down the terminal as she was going, going like this. <laughs> so it's really simple. We command body parts to be healed. This is standing in your sonship as a son of God. He's already decided to heal. And he says, you heal the sick. He says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. So this weekend, we're not just going to pray for you. 
but we want to teach you how to live a sickness-free life and how to heal the sick. Everybody here can heal the sick. It's not for special people. It's for believers. Those who believe will heal the sick. The ability to heal the sick is more impressive than being able to fly or having the ability to shoot lasers out of your eyes. You have greater power than Superman, and we want to awaken that power that's inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit. He's inside of you. You have supernatural power to heal the sick. What if everybody in here just believed that? We just believe we have the power inside of us to heal the sick. We'd start looking for people to pray for. This is actually, when you start to believe this, you will start to look people for people to pray for. There's been seasons in my life where I'm just like, Lord, everywhere I go, just show me who needs healing. You know, I'm just looking for people in Walmart. I'm looking for people to pray for. We're our job. Jesus said that we are to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there is no sickness. So when we see sickness, we can bring the kingdom to that. And we do it um, as sons, not by begging God to heal, but by releasing the healing power that Jesus put inside of us. Amen? Amen. Romans 8.11, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. What an amazing scripture. Just take that one scripture and meditate on it. You have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead in you. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do, and greater works will you do. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Man, don't listen to theology that limits what you can do in the Lord. Oh, he's amazing, and we're down here, and we're just lowly, and he's, yeah, yeah, we know God's awesome, but how many, how many are parents here? How many are okay with your children being awesome too? Do you think God wants us to be like, oh God, we're just, we're not good. You are good, God. But we're, we're just so, you know, God doesn't, I don't think he likes that at all. He's, he's spent a lot of time in his word telling us how amazing we are. The same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do, and greater works will you do. This is the mark of a great leader, by the way. They don't want uh, uh, weak leaders, be leaders, they want people to be, just come up to close to them, and, but stay under them and never surpass them. Great leaders want people to go, come up to where they're at and go beyond them. Jesus was a great leader. In the book of Numbers, Joy just mentioned this, chapter 21, the Israelites have disobeyed God again, and snakes are coming into the camp, and they're being bit by these snakes. That's the story that Joy just shared, and God gives a weird instruction. Moses goes to God, God, what do I do? Everybody's getting bit. They're getting poisoned. Take the, take the serpent, bronze serpent, put it on a pole put it in the middle of the camp, and anybody who looks, what's the instruction? Look. Anyone who looks at the serpent on the pole will be healed. Jesus says later, 
He says in John 3.14, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And Joy did a great job explaining it. Why, why would a snake represent our Jesus? I hate snakes. I think they're the worst thing. They're the worst creatures in the world. <laughs> hey, I got some fellow believers on that one. Why would our precious Jesus be represented as a snake? Because he became a curse for us. The snake was the only animal that was cursed. Jesus became a curse for us. So 2,000 years before Jesus came, this was represented in the time of Moses. He's the serpent on the tree, as Joyce said. The bronze represents judgment. The judgment was put on Jesus. But to anyone who looked at the snake, the poison was taken out of their body. And I want to tell you tonight, when we look to Jesus, when you looked to Jesus for your salvation, the poison of sin was taken out of your life. When just as much as that is true, when you look to Jesus for your healing, the poison of sickness will be taken out of your body. This is part of just learning to walk in a supernatural, healthy life, is just realizing as I look to Jesus, I expect every sickness to be eradicated or, or that it's not even going to come because I'm looking to Jesus. When Jesus became a curse, he took every sickness, every sickness was put on the body of Jesus Christ on the cross. Every sickness. When Jesus was lifted up, Arthritis was paid for. Back pain was paid for. Cancer was paid for. Cancer was put on him. Scoliosis was paid for. Autism was paid for. He took everything upon himself. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin became sin. So much of our sin and our stuff was put on him that he became sin for that moment. It was all put on him. He took it all. He said, I'll take it all, every cancer, every pain, every arthritis. I'll take AIDS. I'll take all of it, pains of every kind, sickness of every kind. Put it on me. And when we look to Jesus, we are healed. You can't earn your healing. You can't be good enough. Some people, the enemy is lying to you right now. You're not going to get healed because of what you did last week. You're not going to get healed because of what you did last month, last year, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's a lie. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. If it was dependent on your righteousness to get saved, how many of us would get saved? It's all on Jesus, right? Just as true as that, if it was dependent on your righteousness to get healed, none of us would get healed. It's not on us. We didn't, we didn't go on the cross and take the sin of the world. Jesus did. We look to Jesus, and the poison of sin and sickness is taken out of us. It's him. You can get healed from someone praying for you. Or you can get healed by standing in faith for yourself. I want to give you a few stories because, again, we want to pray for everybody this week. But we also want to teach people to walk in supernatural health. One of my favorite 
stories is uh, Dodie Osteen's story. Have you heard her story? Joel Osteen's mom. She was sent home to die in, like, I think it was 1980 or 1981. He said, you, you have terminal cancer. You might have three or four weeks to live. There's nothing we can do. Send her home to die. She got every scripture she could find on healing. And she said, in the, uh, the beginning of every day, in the morning, she'd get up, and she'd go and walk up and down her driveway and, and declare every healing scripture over herself. And she'd say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. It is done. She would just read the scriptures like, this is done, this is mine. Let me tell you what she didn't do. Oh, God, please, I don't want to die. Please, Lord, please, please. I got kids. Lord, please heal me. God, I'm so, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. But please heal me. Please, please. No, she took the scriptures and she said, this is for me. I'm a believer. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. This is mine. I will live and I will not die. It's 2023. She's still alive. And she's doing really good. She does like podcasts and interviews with her daughter. But there's a key for you. Don't beg God to heal you. Declare that he's already done it. If you're begging God to heal you, 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 there's something wrong in our theology where we don't understand what he's already done. He's already done it. Our job is to take hold of what he's already done. This is mine. I take this because I am a son of God. We need to get an attitude against sickness. Christians don't have to be sick. Another story I'll share with you. Uh, Andrew Womack, anybody know him? He was, he's in his 50, I think he's like maybe close to 60. But he said when he was in his, somewhere in his 50s, he was op opening up a jar one day, and he said a pain shot through his hand. And he, and he said the, for, the thought hit his mind, oh, this is arthritis. And here's where the enemy gets us. Oh, no, I have arthritis now. You just, life and death are in the power of the tongue. You just opened up a door for the enemy to come intact by your own words. So he feels this pain go through his hand, and he goes, whoa, what is that? And he said that thought hit his mind uh, that it was arthritis, and he goes, no, I reject that. He goes, no, I'm healed. I'm not going to have arthritis. And he goes, no, I, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I reject arthritis in Jesus' name. And he closed the thing back up, and he did it again, and it was pain again in his hand, but it was less this time. And he goes, oh, I reject arthritis. I'm not going to have arthritis. I'm healed. I, Jesus paid for my healing on the cross. I'm healed. So he did it again, and he repeated this process. He, he closed the jar, opened again, and the pain got less and less. And he, he said he did it like dozens of times until he, and he would keep declaring, no, I'm healed. I reject arthritis. I'm not getting arthritis. <laughs> and he said, finally, he closed it, and there was no pain. And he's like, and I never had pain come back after that. We have to get an attitude against sickness. You need to declare if you're sick, I am not staying sick. I am not staying sick. I had a back, I've, I've been healed twice in my back. I had a uh, supernatural healing that was instant. It was a miracle. And I had another time where I had back pain for about a year. And I just kept believing and praying for it. And I just kept saying, I'm healed and healthy in Jesus' name. And I'd feel it. I'd be standing up here worshiping. I'd, my back would be on fire. 
And I would just say, I'm healed and healthy in Jesus' name, not in this building, in another building. And I would just declare healing. Every time I felt pain, I'd say, I'm healed, I'm healthy, in Jesus' name. Nope, God, you're healing me back. Jesus' name, I don't accept this. And I'd go up, by the way, I went up every time there was a chance for prayer. I'd go up every time. And I didn't get a miracle, but I watched it gradually get better and better and better and better and better until one day I just didn't have pain. And that was, I haven't had back pain for 15 years. I'm 46. I feel like I have the back of an 18-year-old. I feel like I got a strong, healthy back, no pain, no issues whatsoever. But it would have been really easy for me to just be like, oh, this is my life now. I'm getting older. I guess you just got to accept it. You know, you're going to have some pains as you get older. No. <laughs> Reject those thoughts. No, you don't have to have pain as we get older. To get an attitude against sickness. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Use your words wisely. I had another time where I had a severely sprained finger from playing basketball, and I wrapped it up, and the next day I took off the wrapper, maybe it was a couple days, I, t I took it off and I couldn't move it. I was like, oh no, that, that's unexpected. I couldn't move it, like barely could move it. And it just felt like completely jammed up, and for like two or three days, I couldn't move it. And I was, I was, trying, I was thinking maybe it'd get better, and it didn't. And it was like, I was like, oh, no, what is going on? And so one night, I just sat in my bedroom, and I just moved it as far as I could. And I just said, I come in, my finger to be healed in Jesus' name. And I moved a little bit. And I just, I command my finger, be healed right now in Jesus' name. I don't accept this. My, my finger has to move. And I just slowly, slowly began to move it. And over about maybe 45 minutes, I just kept commanding healing and kept moving it. And it got more and more and more loose until within 45 minutes, I was doing this. And all the swelling was gone. All the stiffness was gone. And it was all back. So we can just command healing in our bodies. And don't beg God to heal you, but just command healing. If you're sick... Start to see yourself and imagine yourself well. This is a key. This is a key with so much. If we're going to vision with God, if we're going to imagine with God, if we're going to dream with God, you need to begin to see that thing that you're praying for happen. If it's a financial miracle, you need to begin to see it happen. Dream with God. God, what do you see happening in my finances? If you're sick and there's something you can't do, imagine doing the thing that you can't do. Start to dream with God. Start to imagine yourself well. I want to talk about a miracle versus a healing. So every time we pray, we believe for an uh, instant miracle. So an instant miracle would be, um, which we saw one. Uh, is David here tonight? No, he's not here. Um, we've, we've seen several instant miracles, but a very dramatic one that happened about six weeks ago in our youth room was a young man named David that came in with crutches. It was his first time he was coming to our church. He could not uh, put any pressure at all on his foot, zero, with, without massive pain. So he had crutches. And they began to pray for him. I think Vince, our youth leader, was like, oh, man, he came in with crutches. And Vince said, you got a target on your back, buddy. <laughs> We're going to pray for you. And so they all took turns in youth praying for him. And long story short, he ended up getting completely healed. 
Um, he, could, he dropped his crutches. He left carrying his crutches, walking, carrying his crutches. He could put no weight. This was several months. I think it happened uh, like five or six months previous. He could put no weight on his foot, and he left carrying his crutches, walking. His mom came in, seeing him walking around, and she's bawling that he just got healed. So that's a miracle when you see, like, couldn't put any weight on his foot, and then he's walking around. All the pain's gone. He can, he can walk now. That's an instant miracle. That's what we believe for when we pray for people. But sometimes people get a healing. So Mark 16, 18 says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's a healing. That's like, okay, we're going to pray right now that you're healed and, they, and your healing starts tonight. And so the trap of the enemy, again, is let's say someone has, uh, let's say arthritis. We pray for the arthritis, and let's say the, the pain, go, it's lessened, but it's not gone. And they wake up the next day, and they're like, well, I guess I just I still have arthritis. Instead of being like, hey, wait a minute. I, I had less pain. I think God's doing a healing. So I'm just going to believe it's he, I'm healed, and it's going to gradually get better. So we see that. We see that with a lot of people in different types of sicknesses where they just gradually get better. So again, a trick of the enemy is he immediately wants you to declare that you're not healed after a healing prayer. So don't partner with what he's trying to tell you to do. It's always God's will to heal. And you can't earn your healing. It's the last two things I want to talk about, and then we're going to pray for some people. It's always God's will to heal, and you can't earn your healing. Peter and John, again, at the gate, beautiful. They see this guy who's crippled. They didn't stop and say, wait a minute. we got to find out if it's God's will or not to heal this guy. Let's, let's, let's take a minute to pray. God, is it your will to heal this? No. We have to look at that story, and there was an assumption <laughs> that God wanted to heal him. They, I just believe that they assume God wants to heal everybody. So they didn't stop to pray, God, is this your will or not? They just commanded healing over this person. We don't have to do something to get God to move. He's already done his part through Jesus. So you can't earn your healing. It's always God's will to heal. He wants to heal every single person. He's already decided to heal you when he put every kind of sickness on Jesus Christ for all who believe. Ephesians 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Healing is included in that. Every spiritual blessing. God's already decided to heal, and so we don't beg God for healing, but you can thank him that you're already healed. Thank him that you're already healed. Jesus said, it is finished. So it's already done. He finished what he came to do, which he came to give us sozo salvation, which if you don't know what that word means, salvation in the Greek, if you look at it, it's almost always the word sozo, the word saved, or the word salvation. It's almost always the Greek word sozo, and it means saved, going to heaven, 
God's paid for you to go to heaven. We know that, and we're thankful for that. But it also means healed. It also means delivered. How many know Jesus didn't just pay to get you out of hell and going to heaven, but he paid for you to have life and life more abundantly now? So that includes saved, healed, delivered. This is the fullness of what Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. And then he said, it is finished. It's already done. Look at your neighbor and say, it's already done. It's already done. If you believe that God hasn't done it yet, then there's a chance he might not do it. If you don't know he's already done it, then you might think, well, maybe he won't do it. I got to beg him, and maybe he will, maybe he won't. But if you start out knowing, oh, he's already done it. I, uh, 1 Peter 2.4 says, by his stripes you were healed. Past tense, done deal. You were healed. It's already done. And you can't earn your healing. So again, enemy might be telling some people now, no, you're not, you can't get healed because you did X, Y, Z. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's, if it depended on our righteousness, none of us could get healed. We're not depending on our righteousness to get healed, but we have the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. This is your identity. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's why the Bible says our righteousness is filthy rags. So your, our righteousness doesn't cut it on our best day. That's why we have to have his righteousness. Now, the Bible didn't say your righteousness is filthy rags so that we could feel like, oh, man, we're bad, we're lowly. It's for us to realize our deep need for his righteousness. It's like, oh, I got to have the righteousness of God in Christ because my righteousness doesn't cut it. This is the whole point of the law. The law was a mirror to show us that you can't cut it. You're never going to live up to this no matter what you do. On your best day and your best year, you can't do it. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I didn't come to do away with it. I came to fulfill it. Why did he come to fulfill the law? Because he was the only one who could so he fulfilled it on our behalf so that in him we could have his righteousness. Hallelujah. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We can't earn healing. So don't try to earn healing and, and just reject any lie of the enemy. That You can't because of this, because of that, because you still have this issue in your life. Ha, ha, ha. It's not dependent on your righteousness. It's dependent on his righteousness. So what? So if, if your righteousness doesn't merit your healing or qualify you for healing, what does? What qualifies you for healing? Can we tell you what qualifies you for God's healing? You need it. If you need it, you're qualified <laughs> to receive his righteousness and to just receive what he did on the cross. You can't earn it. How many know what the word grace means? Shout it out. Unmerited favor. It means favor that you didn't deserve. It means you get a gift when you didn't deserve it. <laughs> Some people have asked me, what's the difference between um, grace 
and mercy. I almost forgot what the other one was. What's the difference between mercy and grace? So mercy is we don't get what we deserve. But grace means we get what we didn't deserve. It goes beyond mercy. Yes, God gave us mercy and grace. We didn't get what we deserve, but we also get grace, which means we get what we don't deserve. We get eternity with God. We get salvation in this lifetime. We get the poison of sin taken out of us. We get the poison of sickness taken out of us. We get the deliverance from the issues that we face because of what Jesus Christ did. It's all about him. What's the lesson about the, the stick, the pole with the snake on it? Look to Jesus. Don't look at yourself. The instruction wasn't look to yourself and see if you're clean enough to be healed. The instruction was take your eyes off yourself. Look to Jesus on the cross. He's where your healing comes from. Not going to come from you. You can't merit your healing just the same as you can't merit your salvation. We receive our healing by faith and by saying, yes, Lord, I receive. Yes, Lord, I receive. Can you do that? Just say, yes, Lord, I receive. It's the same way you get saved. Yes, Lord, I receive you, Jesus. I receive you. It's the same way you receive healing. Yes, Lord, I receive what you did on the cross for me. Psalm 107.20. I love the Psalms. Very messianic as far as it, it prophesies so much about what Jesus is going to do. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. How many know Jesus was the word made flesh? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 30, 17. For I will restore health to you, and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. I will restore health to you, and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sin and heals all your diseases. Did you catch that? That's the, this is the sozo salvation prophesied through David in the Psalms. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sin and heals all your diseases. Amen. Father, we just thank you, God, that you did this through your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, we thank you that you came willingly to die on the cross. We thank you that it is your will for every single person to be healed. We thank you that it's your blood that we're dependent on. It's your righteousness that we're dependent on. We're not looking to ourselves. We're looking to you, Jesus, and saying, yes, thank you, Jesus, I receive. Yes, thank you, Jesus, I receive. 
We thank you that when you died on the cross, you didn't just take every sin, but you took every sickness. We thank you that it's paid for, it is done. We thank you there's nothing we can do to earn it. We just receive it by faith and by receive your grace. So we just thank you, God, for what you're doing already in this place. And we thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for the precious blood that was shed for us. And by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. 